it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Josh Shapiro and Tristan Maddie. What's up, guys? It's Tristan here, back for episode 77 of the Grounds Crew podcast. It is 2019. Happy New Year, guys. First podcast of the new year. Hope you guys enjoyed your night. And now it's time to get back to that dreadful time after the holidays where everybody's just tired, beat up, and not wanting to work or do school. So it's that time. But we got a podcast for you guys. Maybe that brightens your day a little bit. Who knows? We got some behind the brand for you guys. Not too much news today, though, you know. Kind of things kind of slowed down around the holidays, not any groundbreaking stuff, but we'll keep you guys posted on everything that's going on. Keep you guys, give you guys the latest information. I mentioned it last week that we're going to be at the Baseball Youth All American Games in Orlando, Florida, and we'll have representation at the baseball, uh, baseball Youth All American Games in South, Southern California. Well, the games are going on right now, guys, so if you guys are around the area, Orlando, Southern California, you should definitely come check it out. It's an awesome event. Best youth baseball teams in the country. Baseball Lifestyle will be there. We'll have Chase Darneau and L.A. Gamo, the baseballologist, at these events. You're going to want to come check it out. Come say hi. Come say what's up. Maybe we'll have a little merch for you guys. But come be part of the Baseball Lifestyle. Now let's get on to all this 2019 news. Reports are coming out that aside from the Washington Nationals, who are also said to be willing, the Phillies and the White Sox are the only two teams that are interested in giving Bryce Harper a 10-year deal. Everybody else is kind of shying away from it. You know, he had this down year last year. He's dealt with some injuries in the past, nothing too major, but they have hindered him. But 10 years is a lot of time to lock up the money that he wants. And I can understand why teams are shying away from it. Some people don't think that he's worth it. Now, the Phillies, the White Sox, they have a lot of cap, a lot of money space, and it's going to take a lot. I mean, Harper already turned down a ten-year, three hundred million dollar deal from Washington, so he may. It's probably going to take a lot more than that to get the deal done. ESPN's Jeff Passan has noted that the six-time All-Star and former MVP is willing to hold off till February to get what he wants. And as of right now, it seems like slim pickings, but I think he will get a big deal. Philadelphia, Chicago, they're both relatively big markets. They represent intriguing destinations, and they, like I said, they have a lot of money working. They both really want a guy like Harper. For the Phillies, it would put them right in the playoff mix getting Harper, They've already acquired Gene Segura and Andrew McCutcheon. So they're putting together a real nice lineup with some veteran presence and some young guys. And it would also hurt the Washington Nationals, a division rival, in the process. So, big move for the Phillies. The White Sox, they were 62-100 and 100 last year. They're more far, uh, further away than the Phillies from competing. But they're definitely stockpiling talent. I mean, they've made a lot of nice moves over the past couple of years, and they have a ton of talent. Harper would give them a bona fide star that they're looking for. The Phillies are apparently meeting with Harper soon. NBC Sports' Jim Salisbury reports that 
the Phillies plan to meet with Harper in the next week or so. He also noted that Machado is still their primary focus as of right now, but they're definitely interested in signing Harper. The consensus is that Machado will sign before Harper, and this should be seen as good news for the Phillies. I mean, if they miss out on Machado, if he signs elsewhere, then they can just turn all their resources, all their attention to Harper and really make a push for him. I think they could get a deal done if that's what they really want to do because they have the money, they have the resources, they have a good competing team. So it seems like a good fit. Bryce Harper also made news in the baseball world by celebrating New Year's with the Bryants. It's not news that the Harpers and Bryants are close friends. They've been hanging out for together for a long time. They have like date night here and there. So it's not that big of a deal. There could have been some recruiting done. However, the Cubs haven't been really in the talks with Bryce Harper as of right now. There hasn't been a lot of news coming out of Chicago, uh, that side of Chicago, about Bryce Harper. We all know that they have a lot of money locked up. They have a lot of long, huge contracts. So it doesn't make a ton of sense for them. Obviously, it's a guy that you would love to go out and get and put in that lineup. Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. That would be dangerous. Javi Baez. Dangerous. But they would be paying these guys so much money. Gordon Whitmire of the Chicago Sun-Times has reported that apparently the Cubs asked Scott Boras to give them time to shed some payroll before accepting an offer. So, who knows, maybe they're still in the mix. Maybe they want to make a push for him. Maybe they really want him. We'll see if they could do that. Who knows? And apparently Harper preferred the Yankees, but the Yankees are not in the mix. Who they are in the mix for is Troy Tulowitzki. They signed him to a veteran minimum deal for this next year. In a deal that bolsters their infield and it fills the hole, the hole that will be left in Didi's absence. Didi Gregorius, he had Tommy John surgery at the end of last year, right after the season ended. And so he's going to miss a couple of months, at least. Tulo was released by the Blue Jays in early December. He missed all of the 2018 season. And they just didn't believe that he was worth hanging on to. The Yankees saw otherwise. They think he's healthy and they believe the deal was good, too good to pass up. This also allows Tulowitzki to fulfill his lifelong dream of playing for the Yankees, which is pretty cool. Derek Jeter was his idol, and he's long expressed a desire to follow in his footsteps. Some of you guys may remember he made comments a long while back when there were discussions about Jeter possibly leaving or retiring, and Tulowitzki had basically said it would be a dream come true to play for the Yankees. He came to Yankee games when he was in town, playing the Mets. He would go to the Yankee Stadium. There were a couple pictures of that. So it's cool. The original plan was for him to be a backup plan if the Yankees didn't get Manny Machado. But, like I said, deal was too good to pass up. Veteran minimum deal, they're paying him $500,000. Now, some people may think this takes the Yankees out of the Machado sweepstakes. I mean, you got that hole at shortstop. Manny could come right in there and then slide back over the third base when D.D. comes back. But apparently that's not the case. The Yankees reportedly informed Manny before making the move. They believed it was a no-risk move. And, like, I'm I'm sure if they felt it, that Manny would have been opposed to it, they wouldn't have done it. Manny Machado is a guy that you kind of get his 
I mean, you're not going to sign Tulowitzki if that's going to cause you not to get Manny Machado. The Yankees are not even obligated to keep Tulo. They could bring him in for spring training, see how he's looking, see how he's feeling. If it doesn't work out, they could cut him. $500,000, it's not a lot of money for the, a team like this. It's not a lot of money for any team. In baseball, that's just not a lot of money. But if he is healthy and they end up getting Tulo and Machado, then Cat, Brian Cashman has a lot of flexibility, especially with a guy like Miguel Antuar, because who suddenly doesn't have a place to play. I mean, you could bring in Tulo to play shortstop while Didi's out, and then you could have Manny Machado play third base. Miguel Andujar, he was great in his rookie season. Excellent hitter. Okay, third baseman. You know, you could try and play him at first base and see how that works out. The Yankees had tried that a little bit in the past before bringing him up. Or you could wheel and deal a little bit and try and go out and get a good pitcher. Because Miguel Andujar, like I said, young guy. Excellent hitter. A lot of teams are going to want a guy like that. And the Yankees still need pitching. So, maybe things fall into place for the Yankees. They get Machado. They get a good pitcher. They get Tulo. And then you get Didi back. Suddenly, this lineup's a lot more scary than it was last year. I, for one, am really excited to see what he could do in the stadium he dreamed of playing in. I mean, you know it's, he's going to give it his all. I want to see what he has left. So... It should be fun. Tulo, he was one of the best players in baseball for a while, so let's see what he's got. In other news, the Twins signed Nelson Cruz. Minnesota and the Slugger agreed to a one-year $14.3 million deal with an option for 2020. Twins had an opening at DH. Joe Mauer obviously just retired, and Logan Morrison, he really didn't work out, so they cut ties with him. So they needed to add some more pop. They had the opening. Nelson Cruz makes uh, makes a lot of sense. You add a little veteran presence to a young lineup. And for a lineup that needed more pop, you add a guy who has had 203 home runs over the last five years. That's the most in the majors over that span. He's turning 39, but he had 37 home runs and 97 RBIs just last season. So this guy could still hit. And keep in mind, he was playing in a ballpark like Seattle. The Twins have now added 88 home runs between Nelson Cruz, Jonathan Scoop, and C.J. Crone. So, for a team that I believe was around 23rd in the big leagues in home runs last year, you're definitely adding some pop. So, maybe we see them make a run towards playoffs again. We saw the Indians make some moves to kind of shed some payroll. Who knows? They got a new manager in Rocco Baldelli. So, the Twins are kind of on the up and up. The Mariners also made a nice move in signing Japanese star pitcher Yusei Kikuchi. Mariners agreed to a four-year, $56 million deal with the Japanese lefty. Kikuchi is a 27-year-old pitcher who went 14-4 with a 3.08 ERA with the Cebu Lions of the Pacific League last season. And the year before, he went 16-6 with a 1.97 ERA. So, this guy seems to have some potential. I don't know too much about him personally. Uh, he has a fastball that sits in the low to mid-90s with an array of off-speed pitches. So he might be a nice little project for this team who's kind of overhauling. He's the latest Japanese pitcher to sign with Seattle after, on a long string of players that started with Ichiro. Seattle clearly has a great relationship with the Japanese culture, and we've seen it pay off for them. Most teams view him as a number three starter, so he would fit in nicely with the team that just traded uh, James Paxton. 
it's a nice move for a team that's kind of rebuilding. It's worth the money. I like the deal. Good for the Mariners. I believe that's all we got for you guys today. Like I said, it's not a lot of news today. Kind of getting back into the swing of things for the new year. We have a lot of good stuff for you guys coming. Make sure you come out to the Baseball Youth All-American Games. Come see us. Say what's up. Be part of the brand. But I think that's all we got for you guys today. See you next week. Thanks for listening. And that right there was the grounds crew. Brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle.